So colonial at 75, at our best, it's been a fool's errand. No one should take me for a fool, but if you do, then allow me to be a fool so that I can brag like a fool for a bit. I'm not saying what I'm saying because the Lord tells me to. I'm saying it like I'm a fool. I'm putting my confidence in this business of bragging. Since so many people are bragging based on human standards, that is how I'm going to brag too. Because you who are so wise are happy to put up with fools. You put up with it if someone enslaves you, if someone exploits you, if someone takes advantage of you, if someone places themselves over you, or if someone hits you in the face. I'm ashamed to say that we have been weak in comparison. But in whatever they challenge me, I challenge them. I'm speaking foolishly. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I'm speaking like a crazy person. What I've done goes well beyond what they've done. I've worked much harder. I've been imprisoned much more often. I've been beaten more times than I can count. I've faced death many times. I received the 40 lashes minus one from the Jews five times. I was beaten with rods three times. I was stoned once. I was shipwrecked three times. I spent a day and a night on the open sea. I've been on many journeys. I faced dangers from rivers, robbers, my people, and Gentiles. I faced dangers in the city, in the desert, on the sea, and from false brothers and sisters. I faced these dangers with hard work and heavy labor, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food and in the cold without enough clothes. Besides all the other things I could mention, there's my daily stress because I'm concerned about all the churches. Who is weak without me being weak? Who is led astray without me being furious about it? If it's necessary to brag, I'll brag about my weakness. The Apostle Paul was big. He was big on being a fool for Christ. He uses that phrase a lot. And he was willing to subject himself to all sorts of dangers and cruelties. I and mean, that was that's a, that's, that's, a, that's a harsh list he faced. Now, there's always been this, this difference, this tension between respectable religion and the faith of fools. And I believe that we are at our best when we, when we opt a little bit for the side of fools. Respectable religion, what that is, that's all about naming your pedigree, like, you know, uh, how you, you, you and your family, your, your tenure, your influence, and that does not impress the Apostle Paul at all. I've heard it said that being a follower of Christ is about how you walk the walk. Respectable religion is bragging based on human standards. And it's all about the stuff that you see. It's the, it's the nice building, it's the house. You know, it's about how much money you make. It's about that popularity contest that all of us want to be free of. We all want to be free from that from middle school on. And yet we aren't. Respectable religion is a trap. In our deepest being, we know, we know how sick it is. And yet, it still seems right somehow. We, we fall back on it. 
So as we enter into our next 75 years, I am going to say that Colonial Church, this community, is at its best when we have the faith of fools. When our primary concern is for those who will likely never contribute a cent, a, a dime to a budget, who may not ever be here on a Sunday morning, when our primary concern about why we are who we are is concern for the dignity of those who are having their dignity constantly shredded by the powers of this world. We are at our best when we have the faith of fools. Those who are as innocent as doves and as wise as serpents just like Jesus once said. Our 75th anniversary series is inspired by the TV show, Ted Lasso. And, and Ted is such a fool. He is, he's kind of, he doesn't seem polished. He's both innocent and wise. And the truth is, Ted's been hurt. His wife leads, leaves him for their marriage therapist. That's rough. He desperately misses his son who is a world away. And he struggles with anxiety. And he's completely over his head coaching soccer in the UK. And the fans, if you watch, the fans have a special, disrespectful name for him which they call out wherever they see him. Yeah, he's, he's persecuted, and maybe not as bad as Paul's list, but still, he's persecuted. And as a coach, Ted's a fool. Because when it comes down to it, and this is real, one of his biggest problems as a coach is that he works for a respectable soccer club. And he cares more about the dignity of the people around him than he does about winning. And he's coaching professionals. Rebecca's boss, Rebecca, initially she sees Ted as the fool. He's the fool from Kansas City. Somebody that she can easily manipulate and she can use him. She can use him to hurt her ex-husband, Rupert. And Rupert's a type. Rupert, he's, he's the rich, he's the popular guy who the fans love. And despite being spiritually sick, Rupert is respectable by human standards. And then this happens. So Rupert... Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Uh, this and, uh, what's the billiard game y'all do that sounds like a brand of cookies? Snooker? That's it. That's the one. Yeah, boy, I'd love to curl up on a couch under a weighted blanket, watch You've Got Mail, and devour a box of Snookers. <laughs> <laughs> see what we got here. Hey, there it is. Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, they're okay. I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. how about a game? I mean, we could you know, maybe wager, say, 
10,000 pounds? Oh. Well, as my doctor told me when I got addicted to fettuccine Alfredo, that's a little rich for my blood. <laughs> uh, how about this? If you win, I'll let you pick the starting lineup of the last two games of the season. But if I win, you can't go anywhere near the owner's box, at least not while Rebecca's still in charge. Ted, what the hell are you doing? Well, I believe some folks call it white night, but I don't know if it's falling my gut here. It's okay. It's an old one. What do you think? You're wrong. Okay. Uh, double in, double out. Whatever you say, Rupert Dukes. Yeah. Just let me know if I'm winning or losing, all right? <laughs> oh, I forgot I had these on me. Oh, oh, wait a second. I forgot I'm left-handed. Oh, it's going to be a food. 100 and eight. William Rupert, get in! Shut your stupid mouth, or I'll shut it for you. Shall I be giving you the line-up card now, Ted? I shall be putting your Bassania back on defence where he belongs. That's exactly what I said, didn't I? No, it's not all Ted's fault. My ex-wife's the one who brought the hillbilly to our shores. I know she's always been a bit randy, but I never thought she would... for an entire team. Hey! Better manners when I'm holding the dart. Please. Hmm. Mate, what do I need to win? Two triple twenties and a bullseye. <laughs> Good luck. Mm. You know, Rupert, guys have underestimated me my entire life. And for years, I never understood why. It used to really bother me. But then one day, I was driving my little boy to school, and I saw this quote by Walt Whitman it was painted on the wall there. It said, be curious, not judgmental. And I like that. So I get back in my car and I'm driving to work and all of a sudden it hits me. All them fellas that used to belittle me, not a single one of them were curious. You know, they thought they had everything all figured out. So they judged everything and they judged everyone. And I realized that they're underestimating me. Who I was had nothing to do with it. Because <laughs> if they were curious, they would ask questions. Yeah. Questions like, have you played a lot of darts, Ted? <laughs> Which I would have answered, yes, sir. Every Sunday afternoon at a sports bar with my father, from age 10 to 16, he passed away. The fool knows what it is to have their dignity shredded, to be attacked, to be hurt. And it's out of that pain. The fool chooses the path of mercy and compassion when it comes, up, when it comes to standing up for, to the, uh, for those who are being disrespected. These past 75 years, I think that colonial church has been at its best when it has erred on the side of foolishness over respectability. When we stand up for the poor in Kansas who need healing and health care, even though that is not the popular opinion right now. When we stand up for the civil rights of transgender people who are being treated so disrespectfully.
I'll throw you a ball in a bit, Elizabeth. <laughs> when we have stood up for the rights of people in love who commit themselves in the covenant of marriage no matter what their sexual orientation. And when we stand up, as we are trying to do right now, for people of color in a largely white community around here that claims not to be racist, but has repeated incidents of hate in it. Colonial church is at its best when we are curious and not judgmental. When we have shed or are trying to shed the way that this world judges respectability and are willing to be a fool for Christ. Respectable religion, Rupert religion, it's always been there. It always will be. And it's always going to be concerned about appearances. Religion, religion, people of Rupert religion, they have it all figured out. Maybe they have it black and white even. They feel like they are entitled then to judge everything and everyone and let them know. Let them know. Hurt them. The faith of fools knows that there is always more to the story. When you dig in, you will find there's always more to the story. That getting curious about how things could be different, how things could be better, starts to uncover truth. And it reveals character. I, I loved last night's celebration. I, I loved it. And the barbecue. Come on, Q39. It was like, that was, that was really good. And I loved that celebration. And now, now it's time for the foolishness to continue. So last week, I got a message from a mom, Laura. And she's got six kids. And she lives here in Johnson County. And she needs help. Now, if you were at a place in your life, I'm curious, I have, I have, I have questions. If you're at a point in your life where you're reaching, you are cold calling churches that you have no idea who they are because you're in a place that you need help. And one of the things that I have to do is I have to ask people, if, you know, so that I know I'm not getting tricked. I'm like, you know, can you send me a proof of address so that I know that when we take our stuff, this is a real person. And I get sent an overdue bill for water for mom with six kids. It's got to be a pretty tough place to be. And certainly there are a lot of thrift stores around that I could refer to. Absolutely. I mean, I know all the people down at Blessings Abound. They'd be happy to help, for sure. But you know, sometimes God says, what a foolish woman in this, this church community used to say to me before she went to the Lord. She would say, do you think that God tells this church community to put itself first? Our outreach, our mission should lead. Who said that? Amen. Y'all deserve a soccer ball. And if you knew that, and even if you didn't know that, and you just learned that name today, guess what? You just inherited her legacy. So I asked people in the crier this last week, I asked on social media to bring in clothes, and you can see them all stacked up here, clothes for that family. 
I got people who have moved away from the area who saw that, went online and asked if they could give money, that we could take money to them. People brought in gift certificates for this family. And, and I need somebody. I need somebody this week who will be willing to take this stuff over to her house and drop this off and give it to her on behalf of this church community. Would anybody be willing to do that? Kim, you got it. But here's the thing, Kim, if you're going to do this, I want you to consider something too. Consider inviting her and her six kids to be part of this. Be part of us. Because, you know, our Sunday school, we got room down there. We got room for six more kids. I know that. Maybe we invite her to be part of the grub club, knowing that maybe she can't host, but you know what? We sure want her. I'm now just talking crazy now. I'm sorry about that, but consider that. Because this is colonial church at its best, with the faith of fools, extending Christ's extravagant influence of love into this world. Because maybe we can't fix everything, but we can stand with her. We can see her need, and we can stand with her. And isn't that a way that we should start the next 75 years? Now, I know these things never go the way you think they're going to. But God's Spirit is still speaking and leading us into 75 years more of curiosity. Are you ready, team? Oi! Oi!